in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. And we have two important top stories to discuss this evening, one here in Texas and one across the world. Now today, Texas lawmakers are back at the state capitol for a third special session focusing on items like school choice, border security, public safety, and COVID restrictions. And in Israel, a violent war rapidly taking innocent lives, including some Americans. This following surprise raids and attacks by Hamas fighters. More than 1,000 people have been killed so far in the fighting. At least 700, according to Israel's military, and more than 500 in Gaza and along the West Bank, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. The State Department says 11 Americans are dead and more may be missing. We'll have an in-depth look at what's happening there in Israel in a moment. But first, we want to take a look at what's happening out at the Texas State Capitol. The topic getting the most attention in this session is whether Texas should let parents use public funds to pay for private education. Our Capitol correspondent Ryan Chandler shows us what's at stake. Well, lawmakers are together again in Austin, but their leaders are as far away from each other as they have ever been. New divisions within the Republican Party threaten to complicate major policy decisions that could transform Texas public education, with teacher pay hanging in the balance. Lawmakers return with their eyes on education. Every single one of us wants to give the teachers pay raise. We all know they deserve it. Billions of dollars on the line for both public education funding and private education savings accounts. Two opposing ideas that have driven a wedge through the Capitol. No vouchers, no deals. Pretty simple. Democrats standing united against the governor's plan for subsidizing private education with state money. That issue sparked the governor's call for this third special session after House Democrats and dozens of Republicans have blocked it so far. We have won every round with a bipartisan coalition and we intend to keep fighting. The Senate out first with their bill. Senator Brandon Creighton proposing a $5.2 billion package for public school funding, including a minimum $3,000 raise for every teacher. This year, the same senator passed another $5 billion bill, all going to education savings accounts. Both chambers are confident both measures will pass. Their final form still subject to heated debate in the days ahead. There'll be enough votes to, to pass, yes. What it looks like, I can't tell you because we haven't seen it yet. I know he's still meeting with people and negotiating. Still early. Still, still early. early. Day one. Um, the House is now out until Thursday morning as leaders continue to try and find compromise as the relationship between both chambers continues to wither. At the Texas Capitol, I'm Ryan Chandler. And going in depth on this, the Texas Politics Project in August of 2023, a poll looked into voter opinions on legislation providing savings accounts for education. And the poll found attitudes for it are consistently stronger among Republicans than among Democrats. 34% of Republicans said the topic is an extremely important topic for legislators to address compared to 17% of Democrats. The poll also found attitudes toward the Texas public education system are more positive among Democrats than Republicans. Now to the conflict in Israel. Israel increased airstrikes on the Gaza Strip, and now the Palestinian militant group is threatening to kill hostages, one for every new civilian bombed without warning in Gaza. Jay Gray has a closer look at the conflict there and the growing U.S. response. Unrelenting airstrikes, Israeli ministers ordering a complete siege of the Gaza Strip in the wake of a weekend surprise offensive by Hamas, the deadliest attack on Israel in 50 years. 
Hamas is the ISIS, and we will beat him just like Western world has beaten ISIS. A spokesman for the military wing of the Palestinian militant group now issuing this threat. Every hour, Hamas will kill one Israeli hostage for every civilian house bombed without warning. More than 1,200 have died in the fighting, a vast majority of the victims civilians. The State Department confirming Americans are among the casualties, with other U.S. citizens in the region still missing. There are reports of Americans who are unaccounted for. Uh, we continue to work to confirm that number and to, to try to locate those who are missing. As the fighting escalates... I am in constant communication with President Biden. The U.S. carrier strike group is now moving into the region. We will continue to uh, get Israel the military aid and military assistance it needs. Though a full-scale response likely won't come until Congress is back in session and a speaker is elected in the House. The man just voted out of that job, demanding swift action from the White House to protect U.S. citizens caught up in the violence. This administration must also make clear that harming any American will result in the wrath of the United States. As thousands of miles away, the fighting intensifies. Jay Gray, NBC News. And on KXN News at 6, we're going to have what's being done here to support those who need help. And we're going to talk to Central Texas families who have lost loved ones overseas. Let's dig more into the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip is a strip of land between Israel and Egypt on the Mediterranean Sea that's about the size of Washington, D.C. It forms the smaller of the two Palestinian territories, with the other being the West Bank. After Israel was created in 1948, Egypt controlled Gaza for almost 20 years. After Israel's win in the 19. 67 six-day war against its Arab neighbors, it took control of the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. For nearly 40 years, it controlled the Strip and constructed 21 Jewish settlements. Hamas took control of Gaza after it won elections in 2006. There have been no elections since. So what is Hamas? Well, according to NBC News, Hamas is a militant Palestinian nationalist movement that began in the 1980s during Israel's occupation of Gaza and the West Bank. Hamas claims it's a freedom movement, but many countries, including ours, say it is a terrorist organization. And since 2007, Israel has maintained a land, air, and sea blockade on Gaza. NBC News is reporting over 2 million Palestinians live there, with more than half of them under the age of 19. They don't have much room for socioeconomic growth or even access to outside things. And NBC's Lester Holt has made his way inside of Israel for a special edition of NBC Nightly News. He's going to have up-to-the-minute details on what he's witnessed, plus the latest on the American victims. That's coming up right here at 5.30. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. What a wonderful weekend it was with autumn-like weather, low humidity, cool mornings, and wonderful sunny days. And we've got another one out there today. This is live from the roof here near West Campus downtown. Sunshine on the West Shore home cam and warmer temperatures. Breezy south winds warming temperatures to 83 in Georgetown, 82 degrees in Lockhart. Comparing this to yesterday, it is 4 to 5 degrees warmer in the metro area than 24 hours ago. Enjoy a beautiful evening with just a few high clouds thickening up, but tomorrow looks quite different. The sun rises under overcast skies and through much of the day, passing rain showers now appear more possible. I'll show you the latest high resolution timeline of when you might need the umbrella next in your forecast. Well, Attorney General Ken Paxton is claiming state representatives violated state law. 
why he says those who led the trial against him committed crimes. Plus, how a content creator on social media is working to make food from the dollar store more accessible and more nutritional. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is accusing the state representatives who led the impeachment trial against him of committing crimes. He accused them of violating a new state law when they released more documents last week. KXAN's Will Dupree reports on Paxton's claims and the silence so far from the House impeachment managers. The Texas House of Representatives gaveled in Monday afternoon for a third special legislative session, and members stayed mostly quiet, about 12 colleagues possibly facing criminal charges. These dozen representatives in question served on the House Board of Managers during Ken Paxton's impeachment trial, and now the reinstated attorney general is coming after them. This is the attorney general flexing his legal muscle, which he has gotten back after being acquitted. Paxton announced he's filing criminal complaints, asking prosecutors to look into what the lawmakers did last week. He says they put out his personal information, including his home address, when they released hundreds of documents not admitted into the trial. The information has since been redacted, but Paxton argues this still violated House Bill 611. It creates a new criminal offense for sharing personal details about someone online with the intent to cause harm or a threat of harm to that person or their family. It's a class B misdemeanor, so it's less than a felony. Political science professor Brian Smith says this could upend efforts to pass the governor's priorities. The big loser here is definitely Greg Abbott. He needs the House and Senate to agree and get his school choice plan passed. And all of this makes it very politically difficult. Will Dupree, KXAN News. And none of the House impeachment managers would offer any comment to us about Paxton's criminal complaints, even when we visited all 12 of their offices today. Paxton previously announced that he is supporting primary challengers to run against several of these lawmakers and has promised to campaign with those opponents. Coming up, a recap of ACL Weekend 1 before you head to Weekend 2 coming up and what to do if you lost something. And over the weekend, we enjoyed the coolest morning lows since April with some 40s in Austin suburbs. This morning was another nice one starting out at 54, but tonight things start to change. We'll have your forecasts next. Here we are on a Monday, and it was the most beautiful first weekend of ACL. Even if you weren't at ACL, it was just outstanding, right? But we're gearing up for another weekend. Of course, ACL 2 kicking off next weekend. And we've been asking first responders how it all went, and it seems to have gone well, all things considered. Austin Travis County EMS say they did not have to administer Narcan to anyone this weekend. This year's festival marked the first time attendees could receive a free opioid overdose reversal treatment and undergo training on how to use it. ACL Festival organizers told us they want this to be a proactive measure for attendees to be both educated and equipped to handle an overdose situation if needed. Now, as for injuries, ATC EMS says the majority of incidents were handled on site. They took a total of seven patients to the hospital over weekend one, three on day one, four on day two, and none on day three. Now, if you lost something at ACL, you're not alone. As of this morning, check it out. There are more than 15 phones, 10 wallets, 30 IDs, 50 credit cards, several sets of keys, bags, glasses, jewelry. The lost and found is there and it is awaiting their owners. Have no fear, the lost and found tent is open still. It closes at six tonight. So if you lost something, 
You can head on over there now. You have a little time. The tent is at the Guest Services headquarters on William Barton Drive. ACL says people can claim items online, and the festival will work to get them back to you for up to 60 days after the festival. The worst thing is you get home and you realize one of these right. things is missing, exactly. yeah. like your keys. <laughs> and of course, there is one more weekend of ACL left. Information on what to know before you go and a recap of weekend one can be found on KXAN.com. Just click on ACL under the news tab. Could this be a record for us, David, having such spectacular <laughs> weather for ACL weekend one? And then again, you're predicting great weather for ACL weekend two. I can't remember two back-to-back -back ACL weekends having picture-perfect weather, but that's exactly what we've got again next weekend. Before we get there though, we actually do have some rain that's on the way. So let's dive into what to expect. Here we are cleaning up the mess out at Zilker Park, getting ready for another busy weekend out there near Ladybird Lake next weekend. It's 83 degrees with breezy south winds, a few high clouds coming in from South Texas. This is actually from three different tropical systems that'll all have a hand in our weather tomorrow. Let me explain. Tropical Storm Lydia alongside Tropical Storm Max, both moving toward the Mexican coast. Same time we have just a weak disturbance, not expected to become an official tropical cyclone, but the moisture is tremendous from all three of these tropical systems, and this neon green color, even as the storms weaken, is moving our way. Deep tropical moisture should bring several inches of rain down near the Texas coast, but there's a lot of uncertainty, more than I would like, less than 24 hours out from the event, in how much of this moisture and therefore how much of the rain is able to come our way. Let me show you the latest on what we expect. Hopefully this pans out for some of us. Later on tonight, the clouds start to stream in from the south. A blanket of clouds keeps us warmer overnight, kind of like the blanket on your bed. Tomorrow morning, pretty gray skies from morning through afternoon, but no rain yet. By mid-morning, maybe 9, 10 a.m., a couple isolated showers develop. By the lunch hour, they become a little more numerous. The most likely time to see some passing, mainly light rain showers tomorrow is during the early evening commute. Some of these could be moving through in Austin. It won't be a stormy day. Some of us don't see much rain at all, but a few passing showers continue into early Wednesday. After about noon Wednesday, the clouds start to thin out, and any rain chance that we've enjoyed previously will thin out along with it. Rainfall, it's going to be really scarce in the hill country, unfortunately, but where the moisture is more plentiful from Austin southeastward, about a 50% chance of rain overall, and from Austin southeastward, maybe a tenth to a quarter of an inch of rain for some lucky ones. I'll tell you, there's a lot of uncertainty in how much we get. Some models are more optimistic than this from Austin southeastward, but I'm not totally sold. I think a few passing light showers, pretty much all we'll get out of this. After that, dry weather returns on Thursday, but I mentioned ACL weekend two should be great. Just as temperatures try to hit 90 degrees again, we've got a dry, windy cold front blasting through here on Friday morning. No rain or storms along with it, but gusty winds, lower humidity, and cooler autumn temperatures for the second weekend in a row. It's also going to bring clear skies, which is great news for the annular solar eclipse on Saturday. This is happening midday, starting around 1030, ending up around 130. Exact details on the timeline and how to safely view it on KXAN.com. Boy, this is going to be hard to beat, though. 69 degrees at noon, which is about when this ring of fire eclipse peaks. Tonight's forecast, I mentioned that blanket of clouds keeping us warmer as clouds thicken up and a light south wind blows in. Temperatures about 10 degrees warmer than last night. Tomorrow afternoon, though, the same clouds and some rain showers keep us cooler because there's not a lot of sun getting through. 79 with a 50% chance now of some light rain showers.
That rain chance goes down to just a slight 20% shot on Thursday, on uh, Wednesday. Warming up Thursday, then temperatures drop to a beautiful 76 by Saturday, 77 on Sunday. And look at those nice cool mornings returning starting this weekend. And guess what? There were two earthquakes just south of our area today and five total in the state of Texas. This map you're seeing from the U.S. Geological Survey shows where they happened. A magnitude 4 earthquake struck near Nardom, Texas, while a magnitude 3.5 quake hit up near Falls City. They happened only about 10 minutes apart. We actually had a viewer email into report it at kxan.com that says he felt it in Millwood, which is just north of the domain in Austin. All right, David, thank you very much. Well, another chance to become a billionaire. Tonight's estimated jackpot and where a multi-million dollar ticket was sold in Texas. Right now from here in Israel, where we're hearing stunning stories of bravery and loss, the retired general who stepped into the battle to save his family. And I speak to the American mom who's missing family members who may have been taken captive. All when we join you tonight for Nightly News. Robert Kennedy Jr., whose family name is synonymous with the Democratic Party, announced he is running for president as an independent. Kennedy has primarily worked as an environmental lawyer and more recently as an opponent of vaccines, who has found himself at odds with the mainstream of the Democratic Party. At a rally in Philadelphia earlier, Kennedy vowed to unite the country. Well, hackers have compiled a list of people with Ashkenazi Jewish ancestry and shared it to the Internet after taking that information from the genetic testing service 23andMe. NBC News got a hold of the list that makes up nearly one million people who have used the service. It includes their first and last names, their sex, and 23andMe's evaluation of where their ancestors came from. Now, it's called Ashkenazi DNA data of celebrities, but most of the people on it aren't famous, and it's sorted to only include people with Ashkenazi heritage. Now, users fear the leaked information could put them in danger. 23andMe is investigating. More dollar store chains are selling groceries these days, and for millions of Americans living in food deserts, it really may be the only option available aside from fast food. Some are working to change that. Now, content creator Rebecca Chobot has made it her mission to help low-income households make the best meals they can with what they have on hand. Under her TikTok account called Dollar Tree Dinners, she makes recipes using dollar store ingredients and makes them as nutritious as possible. Dollar stores themselves are blamed for contributing to food deserts. Those are areas where food options aren't closely available or are low in nutritional value. Researchers at the University of Toronto and UCLA found a decline in grocery stores when dollar stores move into neighborhoods. And at the same time, they found when a dollar store moves into an area, lower income customers spend on average 14% less on fresh produce. Dollar Tree says it's working to make more options available to serve customers. Well, there was no winner in Saturday night's Powerball jackpot, but here's the good news. That means the jackpot is getting even bigger for tonight's drawing. Tonight's drawing is expected to be worth $1.5 billion. The numbers will be pulled around 10 this evening, and if no one gets the jackpot, the next drawing is going to be on Wednesday. Now, for the Mega Millions, a $360 million jackpot winning ticket was sold in San Angelo on Friday. According to the Texas Lottery, the ticket was the largest jackpot ever won by a Texas Lottery player. Our digital data reporter Christopher Adams has some in-depth stats on the Texas Lottery under this story at KXAN.com. Good luck. 
All right, well, here's what's ahead on KXAN tonight. At 7 o'clock, we have a new episode of The Voice, and then at 9 o'clock, it's a new episode of The Irrational, and then we're back with more news at 10. Join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin, and here's where to find us.